Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am your host, Aaron Osborne. This week, my guest is Drew from Total Unicorn. Um, Drew came to my house on the weekend before their appearance at the Poison City Weekender and had a chat about their new album, Dream Life, the upcoming tour they have in support of that. And, you know, like we always talk about, his personal relationship with music and getting into that and playing soccer in Brazil of all places and lots of other interesting things. Um, so I hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, if you want to go on Total Unicorn's Facebook page, you can check out the upcoming tour dates kicked off this week. So go there to see all the details. Um, Pagan from Melbourne are supporting them on that tour and that's awesome because Pagan are awesome. So that's very cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I've sort of moved in similar circles as Drew for quite a few years now. We got a lot of common friends. I think I exist has played with Totally Unicorn a couple of times. Um, and as people are aware, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably seen a thing or two about them. They have very, uh, interesting music videos and things like that as well. So it was fun to talk to him about all those different things. Um, as well as just meet someone I didn't really know. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, so go to their Facebook, check out the tour dates, check out the record. It's really cool. Um, yeah, just, you know, be a good dude or do that or whatever you want to call yourself. Just, uh, you know, be a nice person and check out cool bands and nice people. It's really fun supporting them. Um, I thought I would chuck in and, uh, thank you again. It's been a little while since I've done this, but I would like to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. It's This is episode 55, which is totally bonkers. Sorry for just burping into this. I guess I haven't got any more professional in 55 episodes. However, <laughs> um, I like drinking. It's my own fault. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you want to listen to it, you're, you know, you're hearing it right now on whatever you're listening to it on. But if you want to subscribe to it, that's cool. If you want to give it a review on iTunes and things, that'd be cool too. Um, I'm not going to fleece you about that stuff though. Like do what you want. You know, we got a Facebook page, we got an Instagram, we got a Twitter. You can check those things out if you want. If you don't want and you just want to keep listening, I totally find that amazing and i support that wholeheartedly as well so do what you like but i'm just saying thank you um if you also feel like buying a shirt you can see those on our big cartel um and if you want to check out our website you can i guess just search oblivious maximus podcast and all that stuff will come up um but yes thank you as always for supporting me and talking to people and having a chin wag um that's all i'm going to talk about Please enjoy Oblivious Maximus episode 55 with Drew Gardner from Totally Unicorn. Fucking brutal. Drew, thank you for doing my podcast. No problem. Um, okay, so I start all of them by asking people how they got into music. Okay. The start of things for you with music. Um, whoa, started 
you know, probably when I was around seven or eight. Yeah. I remember just watching Rage in the mornings you know, with my cartoons and then watch a bit of Rage and like recording video clips on your VCR and yeah. stuff and just kind of get it obsessed with watching film clips and especially like funny ones and stuff. And then um, that's when Weird Al brought out Fat. Yeah. The the song and I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> so I rushed out and bought the the seven inch or whatever it was of that and just played the shit out of it nonstop. And um I think that got me into Michael Jackson. That's sick. That's a good way to get into Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then uh yeah, just loved Michael Jackson as well and just kind of weird nineties or late eighties pop kind of yeah stuff um i i think yeah. like i i'm definitely surprised i mean it's not so surprising i guess because of the age of similar age of most people i talk to but the fact that so many people sort of a jumping point for them was michael jackson because that was that was what it was for me i don't know I, th- I was listening to a couple of your podcasts and like like three of them people like yeah. michael jackson which like, is so, and particularly because i talked to alts yeah and, you know like people from not pop music generally but oh man like i don't know what it was about i mean i think i've talked about it before as well like the music videos were like they had to sucker everyone in because they were like movies i like, remember um hey hey it's saturday premiered the remember the time film clip mm-hmm. with like, the pharaohs and eddie murphy yeah, and, like yeah. staying up to watch hey hey it's saturday and they'll premiere it afterwards, and it was so good. So that was probably good. the biggest thing I had that they ever did. <laughs> yeah. Premiere a Michael Jackson music video. Um, yeah, sick. So, where, whereabouts did you grow up? In Sydney? Um, no, I grew up um, south coast. Uh, okay. Ulladulla, Mollymook yeah. area. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I grew up there and just was a boogie boarder yeah. for many years. And, um, like... Got, like, listened to music, but not a lot. Like, I pretty much listened to, like, Pantera, like, in the Sick. high school era, and Cypress Hill, and that was that was most of that stuff. And a lot of, like, I, I was weirdly into Criss Cross as well for a long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, was more into, like, fucking around on the golf course and stealing golf balls and riding my boogie board. <laughs> Um, then paying attention to music. Yeah, pretty much. So where, where or how did your attention turn then towards that? Um, well, I moved when I was like in year nine, my dad got a job in Wollongong Mm -hmm. and we moved to, to the gong. Yeah. Um, and it was rough time to start a new school. Like kids were fucking assholes around that age. And, um, yeah, got really bullied at school and uh got got involved with like the alternative weirdo crew yeah and um they put me on to like punk music mm-hmm. um stuff like dead kennedys and no effects and stuff i think that hanging out with those guys they're giving me these cds to burn and stuff and just got super into punk yeah um yeah, and then I guess that's where my love for like music really comes from. Mm. Well, I think, that, and I mean, that's, I think most, how most people get into this stuff is from, not from like 
uh, wealth of like knowledge about music. No. They get into it because of like, you know, something traumatic happens or yeah, something totally. sets your brain in the other direction or whatever. Um, but enough and it's like, it's very reactionary music. So yeah. it's like, yeah, if there's a problem or if there's like something you're probably not like emotionally equipped to dealing with, it helps you Definitely. ignore it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> probably not get through it, but it but, helps um, you like, yeah. Definitely. You can hide in your room and play, you know, punk and drop look and just go, yeah, all right. This yeah. Is cool. But I, th- I think the, the thing for me with that, like I, I didn't, I, maybe I did get bullied a little bit, but not like crazy in school, but definitely the group of friends that I was with, like collectively were made fun of. Yeah. <laughs> like, but there was enough of us and we were like big enough. It was I was okay. a fucking weird looking kid. So, you know, I understand why they bullied me. It's fine. Yeah. Builds <laughs> character. Yeah, that's right. Look at me now. Yeah, you wouldn't be where you are now. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, so when did like, playing music come into that then? Well, that came way further down the track. So at, at high school, there was, um, I was big into playing soccer, yep. big sport guy. And um, I moved to Brazil to live when I was 16. Wow. For like, for like a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, playing like semi-professional soccer over there. Wow. And um as soon as I got there, I had my fucking massive folder of CDs that I'd collected. And first day I was there, I, I, I left it on the bus and lost all my CDs. Fuck and it um, was so fucking bummed. So I had no music to listen to while I was there. And I couldn't get any CD, like any type of music that I liked over there. It was all like... Um, like, oh, well, I could get Sepultura, but <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much you can listen to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I started have to start listening to like Brazilian punk rock, which was pretty cool. But yeah. Um, so I did that I was super into sports came like, and also that's kind of the time where I got introduced to drinking alcohol of because course. You know, anyone can drink there. Yeah. And I'm just sitting at a pub with like, you know, a 12-year-old kid having a beer. It's just like, this is really weird. <laughs> um, so I came home, kept doing the sports thing for a while. And kind of you get to that age where you're like, oh, should I continue my round sport or just go out with my mates on the weekend and get pissed instead <laughs> and go to gigs? So I chose that. Yeah. Which my dad was probably super unhappy about. Um <laughs> And my mates started a, like a pop punk band and, um, they were playing at, um, my friend's party. It was like their first gig and they got up and, um, played and they were so horrible. They were horrible. And as all your mates first band, (laughs) (laughs) but they were like next level horrible. Anyway, the singer was so bad and they played like a. I don't know, like an MXPX song, probably Chick Magnet because that one's super easy to play. <laughs> and um, I was like, can I get up and sing for you guys? And they're like, yeah, sure. And sang it and they're like, oh, you're a good singer. I'm like, oh, cool. They're like, you want to join the band? I'm like, yeah, sick. So that's kind of where that came from and I frosted my tips and uh, Perfect. got into the punk rock. Pop Fit punk right rock. in. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so we it was banned for a little while. Um, 
played a few shows. I remember my first ever show was at the Wollongong Youth Centre and um, I was so nervous. I went, I kind of had a fake ID and I snuck into um, um, the pub across the road and just got wasted. <laughs> and so much so I couldn't like literally stand up. There was like, our three girlfriends were there. They were the only people at the show. And I was just kind of like laying on the ground singing and I was just like, you can't do this, mate. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just so nervous. Um, and they fired me from the band after the first <laughs> So you had a good run with them. Yeah, though. it was good. That's funny. Um, so like, I guess, was being in Wollongong, like, uh, like was there much around that though? Yeah. Like, was there a little scene that developed around the, the time the you were doing it? The scene in Wollongong when I was young was awesome. It was like, you know, like Frontside and, uh, so, yeah, so many cool, like, hardcore and punk bands, you know, the still ones that are still going, like Ruckus and, yeah, and Top Noble and, um, yeah, there was, there was heaps, the scene was great and the Wollongong Youth Centre every Thursday that have like a young performers night and they'll always be so chockers. So that was kind of the night that I'd look forward to going to the youth center and seeing, seeing local bands and sometimes like ones from Sydney and Melbourne as well. It was cool. Yeah. Cause that, that was a huge thing in Canberra as well. It was that like, well, at least from people my age was that the youth centers like was, that was how we got into like yeah. playing music basically. Because it was like you played at school when no one cares and yeah. your five friends who are all in the band are keen. Yeah. But to find other people, you had to find five other dudes from the neighbouring high school. Yeah, yeah. And the only way to see them was to go to a youth centre or whatever. It's sad it's not really a thing much anymore. Like No. <clears throat> and, it, but I, and it got really... Well, at least in Canberra, it got like monetized, which fucking sucks. Yeah. That... You know, like to, and I mean, it's the same now, still like to hire a youth center now to play a show costs like a thousand bucks. Yeah. And you need like public liability yeah. insurance and all this stupid stuff. You got to hire their expensive PA. Like yeah. I, when, when we first started doing it and like, this is, I hate the, in my day thing or whatever, cause it was like literally 10 years ago. It's not that long ago, but like, um, you know, back then it was like. 50 bucks, if that, like, it was like, you gave them 50 of the dollars that you made on the door. So if you didn't make $50, then you didn't pay. Yeah, right. So it was free. And the PA was literally a vocal PA with like three microphones. Yeah. And, you know, maybe your someone knew how to turn it up. Otherwise, you just made sure it wasn't so loud that it was breaking. <laughs> like, you know, it's such a good time. Um, I, I remember like vividly, like getting on my mum and dad's phone and calling the youth center and going, hello, this is Drew. I was just wondering if I could book a gig tonight or next week and like doing stuff like that. It was, it was really cool. It was, it was another thing too that always, that I've brought up a lot on this in the past as well is that it comes, it really made like you appreciate what other people did as well, I think. And like the fact that. It, and I mean, I'm sure it was probably fairly similar in Wollongong, but like there was literally every show had different types of bands and yeah. different people. It was no, there was no such thing as like a hardcore show or a metal show no. at that age bracket. Yeah, totally. Because 
there wasn't enough people who yeah. liked it so everyone had to play together and like i mean like even when i was younger like playing in the bands that would go on to be like cooler bands but those guys like all like brisk and stuff like all those dudes older bands and things and the other bands they were in like none of they would play with my old death metal band yeah, yeah. and like because that was just what everyone was doing yeah <laughs> and like and similarly with like yeah bands like four dead and stuff like that too it was that came around because of this weird amalgamation and like i think you can hear that in their music and how they changed yeah was like a sign of the bands they They're were playing with, with you know that's like true. and like you know i'm sure not everyone wants to admit that but you do that's how you grow particularly if you're in a band like that where like you started as a kid and then you do all the kid stuff and then find what you actually like yeah. and get to what you're doing with it but i think yeah that's something that's like really missing now yeah totally i i always like i always say when <coughs> when we're trying to book a gig we always try and book mixed bills mixed bills yeah. is so great um yeah and like opens you know other people like punters eyes up to different music as well which mm. they wouldn't have I, you know it's great yeah and i think that that was a cool thing that's a cool thing about like i guess now that people have maybe spent so many years of going to shows that all had bands that sound the same and because mm. i guess live alternative music in australia sort of flourished quite a bit yeah that there's a lot of choice now and because of that choice and because of being funneled into doing one thing people are now starting to realize again like oh we should like broaden this yeah there's so much that you don't need to just play totally with the same people which is basically the opposite of where it started yeah whereas at the right. start you had to play yeah. now you have the choice to play but yeah i i i think that's like to me i don't know why anyone would want to play with four bands that sound the same like no nope. it's so i cannot think of anything more boring yeah <laughs> like, totally <coughs> um so i guess how did things roll on from so there I, I stopped i you know i did that thing and then didn't think about playing in a band for a long time yeah a few years and then um a mate of mine started playing bass and he's like we should start a band you know you should sing um and try and find some other people that want to play i was like okay so he's like i know this bloke clancy who is really fucking gun guitarist he plays in this cool ska band i'm like okay cool we'll ask him and he was like yeah for sure i'll play and then he knew a guy that played drums so we got him and, and started this band didn't really know what we wanted to be yeah. it was kind of just like we we're in a room and just like well what riffs have you got and he just plays this and that's ah, cool and yeah turned into like a like a weird kind of sunk lodo <laughs> butterfly effect Perfect kind of. time for it I'm yeah sure. oh yeah it was spot on yeah. um we were called broken season um and a horrible name and um <laughs> yeah we we i think we played for for about six months or something yeah and um we got to play with butterfly effects. So that was Huge. Cool. <laughs> Brilliant result. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tick that one off the old bucket list. Um, and yeah, uh, the guitarist Clancy, who 
he was a great guitarist. He was like, fuck, you know, kind of these guys aren't really contributing much to musically and it's like killing me. We should start another band with some other musicians. Yeah. Um, and he knew a guy, he worked at a cafe that was a really good bass player and we they started kind of writing some riffs and we were like, oh, really need a, a drummer. Um, so, and drummers are so hard to find. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember we were at a, this probably, it was a Parkway Drive show probably. Yeah. And um, running into Mike, our drummer now, and uh, going, hey mate, do you want to play in a, in a band? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um, and he goes, I don't really know, you know, cause we wanted, we wanted to be like hardcore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I don't really know how to play heavy music. Well, that's okay. Um, and that was the start of Hospital the Musical. Yeah. Um, which was the first real kind of serious band that I played in. Um, and we just jammed for like nearly a year writing songs. Yeah. Before we even really played a show. Um, yeah, so that that was the start of that and kind of the start of me being in a band and yeah. touring, recording stuff <coughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, meeting, kind of meeting people in different states and stuff and becoming friends. And Yeah. So how did, how did that like, I guess this is something I've probably not really talked to many people about, but like, how did you see your like taste develop through that? Like, did you, was playing music like something that influenced your taste in music changing or did it change? Um, when, when we started that band, we like, we just wanted to be really technical. I guess we'll listen, I was listening to like, you know, Botch and Number Mm -hmm. 12 and stuff like that. So, you know, we wanted to kind of do that, but I don't know if it evolved with playing I know because for me, for me, it's it like it's an interesting thing that what interests me about people listening to music is how taste develops. Yeah. And for me, I think like I don't. I would like to think that it hasn't stopped developing. I yeah. Think, yeah, oh, that's true. But at the same time, I know I've been listening to the same shit now since I was like seventeen. It like it has gotten more complex since then. Yeah. But I still like listening to dumb death metal that I. That's like, I can see where like the, the growth sort of stopped and it's just sort of gone sideways. Well, I th- yeah. I was, I was thinking like I was on the walk here, I was listening to Norma Jean in my headphones and it's yeah. just like, um, you know, it's not about being cool and listening to weird stuff anymore. Like when you get older, you're just like, fuck. And you just go full circle back. Yeah. To what you used to listen to. This is what to. I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why was I doing? I like this. So I'm just going to listen to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's, yeah, it's, I find that, yeah, it was like, I think the whole time as I was a kid or like a teenager or whatever, I spent the whole time trying to be like one step ahead of myself. Totally. Like, got to be listening to this thing because that thing's going to be lame or it is lame or yeah. whatever. And then now... I can't wait to listen to the lame stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't really care about... No. And I was talking about in one of the other podcasts I've done recently that, like, 
when I was a kid, I absolutely like hated tons of stuff that my parents listened to. And now I love all of that stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> like, again, that was probably reactionary with listening to new metal and things like that. But now it's like, oh, okay. You can, it's totally fine that you like corn and also <laughs> Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, if you're an adult, you can make the choices you want. <laughs> you don't have to answer to anyone. I was at, um, I worked the other day and I was just putting on some tunes and, um, I was like, oh, what am I to I really want to listen to Dire Straits. And I put that on. I was like, man, this takes me back to like car trips with mum and dad. And I yeah. used to sit in the back going, fucking turn this shit off. <laughs> and now I'm listening to it like, yeah, yeah all right. So I'm the swing. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so how, what was the experience of like touring and stuff in Australia for you like? Yeah. It's obviously different for everybody. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, yeah. You know, we had a Tarago. We um, were all pretty much bums, non-Centrelink, so we didn't have to take time off work, so we just tried to do it as much as we can. Yeah. Or we could. Um, and, yeah, we. I don't know. I, I feel like from that specific time is when I met the people that I wanted to be friends with and... Mm. Just made so many great relationships. Yeah. Um, touring, like, shows and stuff, you know, they, they were never massive. It yeah. was like 20 people and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, it, was a, it was a fun, <coughs> fun time in my life. It was cool. Yeah. I think, and I think that's probably the most valuable thing you get out of doing it. Yeah. As an adult. Yeah. Is that, totally. like, you have heaps of friends now. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that I see the best out of that is that, like, you can go, well, like, it, it broadens, I, like, I don't think, I traveled a lot as a kid, I was, you know, fortunate enough to have that available to me, but I'd never really done much in Australia, and then, you know, I guess one side of the coin is that I've seen a lot of pubs, Yeah, <laughs> but, like, at the same time, I've met a lot of fucking people in different parts of a country that I probably otherwise wouldn't have gone to. Totally. I like, I can't imagine I would have gone to Adelaide as many times as I have, (laughs) you know, but yeah. And like, and Perth and things like that. I I would, there would have been no reason for me to go there. Had I like, I don't know, gotten into fucking graphic design or gotten into like, I don't know, science or something in school instead of getting into music. Yeah. (laughs) it's it, you know you have to kind of sit back sometimes and think you're pretty lucky to be able to you know see the country mm. maybe without you know sometimes not spending any money yeah yeah um it's pretty cool yeah um so what was it like i guess so when did you move into when did you get to sydney um when when did i move to sydney yeah i only moved to sydney about 3 years ago okay um so basically, so you're doing all this stuff out of Wollongong. Yeah, right this now. was all still in Wollongong. We lived in like uh, the rural Ostomy area in Wollongong, okay. so it was a real nice area, mm-hmm. um, really just good vibes. And um, so the hospital, and the musical thing went for I don't know, it was about two years, and it was kind of the curse of the album. Released the album, and then we're just like ah, oh, and broke up. Yeah, there was a lot of shit that went down that I won't talk about there. But <laughs> um, so. Clancy, oh, we kind of stopped playing, I'd stopped playing music for a while and like 
got really depressed because I fucking loved it so much. So it was, I hit the other guys, the other two guys up, um, Mike and Clancy, and was like, we should just have a, have a jam again and just see yeah see what comes of it. And they're like, yeah, I really miss it too. So we um we went down to Clancy's parents' house where they lived in Bermagui. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. property. And we just hung out for like a few days and just had a bit of a jam and wrote a couple of songs and we're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, and that was the start of Total Unicorn. And it was, um, we sat down with each other and I'm like, look, this, this, whatever this is, let's not take this seriously. This is just going to be fun. We're not yeah. going to fucking put everything into it. Um, and if, you know, if someone wants, if someone leaves the band, we don't have to stop it. You can get someone else. Cause yeah. with the hospitals, like if someone leaves, that's it. We can't do it without anyone else. Yeah. Um, which kind of sucks for the other people. So yeah. And then we, um, we had a really <coughs> good mates in a band in where we lived in Austin called Ohana. Mm-hmm. And they kind of split at the same time we did. And we asked their bass player, Rob, if he wanted to play and he was, he was stoked and, started playing shows and stuff and it was just kind of just started to get bigger and was like fuck what's happening here yeah it's coming back to what it was you know even more so and um yeah but just kind of that's where it began really it rolled off yeah yeah it just started rolling um i think that that's another thing for me that like made um it made mu- playing music keeps easier was going from a band that was more like we were like super serious about everything and trying really hard yeah. and doing all this stuff. And then started another band. That wasn't like a joke band, but that's like what I exist was, was like, it was the thing on the side where we swapped instruments. Yeah. It was like, Oh, this will be funny. Yeah. I can play a little bit of guitar. So I'll play guitar and you're a better drummer than me. So you play drums. <laughs> like, and that's kind of how it started. And then, that was the same thing at the, at the start. And I mean, it has rolled on to continue like that, but it was like, let's just write songs about smoking weed. Yeah. That's fun. Like, yeah. and who cares? Like, and like, ah, oh, if we get asked to play a show, we'll play a show. Yeah. Oh, someone left. We'll replace them for a little bit. Oh, now he's back. I guess now we have three guitar players. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, now we have seven. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Ah, fuck. This is getting out of control. But like that outlook on, and then, that's the most, that's the band I've done the most with. Yeah. Which was like, why didn't I think of, like, why didn't I start doing this like this in the first band? Yeah. Why did it take fucking up with all these other things to like, and having huge fights with people and falling outs with friends and all the shit that, you know, some of them I've made up with and some of them I haven't. And that's the way things go. But like, like fuck why waste so much time having that shit stuff occur when it's for me at least and sounds the same view like the most productive result has been just like doing whatever being really relaxed about it like totally like yeah i think it was such a good like it's just such a good move just like just chill just have some beers with some mates play some music Mm. it yeah and yeah. it happens. I th- uh, with that though, like our Clancy, our, guitar- our first guitarist, he um 
it started building up and we started touring like fucking heaps. Mm. And I think he kind of was like, oh, this is kind of not what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and he was studying and becoming a nurse at the time. And um, he moved to Alice Springs, so he left. Yeah. So um, oh, at the same time, our, the bass player left as well. So it was kind of Mike and I. So I got our young friend, Tim, who was a fresh 18-year-old at the time. <laughs> playing with Impressionable. His old, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And, um, and we got our two guitarists now, Aaron and Karam, in the band. And... Um, yeah, it, it it changed a lot there because yeah. then it was kind of like, oh, we we are kind of serious now. Like yeah. we have to take, we kind of have to take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just going from there. So how then does that seriousness do you think reflect in the music though? Ah, not at all. Yeah, because I and that's what I've I've had the exact same relationship with playing and in I exist was the same thing like it did start getting serious when I was like oh we can go overseas and we're on a record label that's overseas someone wants to give us money yeah so at that point you kind of do have to go like better get an ABN better like start relying on some things people get older as well and it's like I don't want to drive for 12 hours anymore I want to fly and it's like okay I guess I start buying plane tickets, <laughs> like, but like, and, but I think the, the thing that kept me happiest about the whole time though, is like, no matter what, how you take it, the music still needs to be, that's the reason to do it. So like that needs to be the fun part. Yeah. Like, oh it, man, I'm fucking 35 years old. I run around on stage in fucking tie dye underwear, like a <laughs> goose. Yeah. So, you know, it's still not that serious. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess then like, is that what sort of that take on things? Is that what sort of started putting you guys in the direction of like the music videos and the sort of theme that you built around the band? Yeah. I guess like it's where I kind of started liking these like weird Alan stuff, just yeah. like funny kind of film clips. It's like, you know, you watch a band just playing a song on film yeah. and it's just like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. The, the first film clip, I think it's on Vimeo <coughs> that we um that we ever did was just like a kind of drunken night or we were watching watching the footy or something on on a projector. <laughs> and as Mike does, he got a bit too drunk and took all his clothes off and the pr- projecting the game on his naked body. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, this is a really good idea for a film clip. Let's film something and then project it all on Mike's dick and then refilm it. <laughs> so we did that and that's, I don't know, it's, it, it was fucking so stupid. <laughs> and then Mike, Mike's like, I can't believe I fucking did that. It's on the internet. Um, good but, to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I just think, I don't know. We, we, kind of funny people so you like to do funny stuff like yeah. that no well I, I, no I don't, I, like as, as i was just saying i don't think there's any point in doing it really if it's not fun and like if 
that, and that's something that I've never been able to understand really about bands that are like, and I guess it's just my personal taste, but I has only taken me so far with bands that are really serious. Yeah. And I think it's probably why I never like managed to kick off a really serious death metal band <laughs> as much as I like it. That's probably why I was never able to do it. It's because the whole time I would have been like, you know, it'd be funny. And then people would be like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing funny. And I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Bugger. Like, this isn't for me then. <laughs> like, you know, and I think, and that's what, I mean, the, the progression for me, like doing other stuff, like when, when, uh, when I played in Sex Wizard from Adelaide for a while, <laughs> the whole thing for me with them was like, we did shows with them, did a tour with them. And I was like, oh, these guys are like exactly the same as us. Yeah. All they want to do is get drunk and have fun. Like they want nothing else. And I think the whole humor for us is like, they have two drummers. We have three guitar players. This is exactly <laughs> like the perfect fit. And I, and you know, similar playing with them, like. Let's do a sh- let's do an album cover and it's just dots and I was like perfect. Why is it dots? I don't know. <laughs> but they individually are placed dots. I was like, this is the dream. Yeah, like- <laughs> great album cover. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, and I guess kind of also the scene that we play in. You know, everyone's like fucking serious and like look at me kind of deal. So yeah, I guess we you know we like to take the piss of those kind of people as well. Mm. Um, you know, I've lo- I've met. Ev- I'd say like 20% of people, you know, <laughs> take themselves serious in the hardcore scene. But yeah, I guess just making fun of those, those gooses. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, is, is that, is that what sort of take it had doing the, yeah. the parkway things and stuff like that? Yeah. So yeah, the parkway things is just taking the piss out of parkway. Yeah. Which I'm sure they couldn't give a fuck about. Well, that <laughs> it's funny when, um, I recently did an interview with Winston where we were talking to each other. Yeah. And um, he was just like, dude, it's my favorite thing. When I feel sad, I watch your film clips and it just like <laughs> cheers me up. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I came across it on YouTube and I was just watching this thing and I'm just like, this is a pretty funny film clip. And he's like, hang on a sec. These guns are taking the piss out of us. <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. And then... After we did the surfing one, we saw he did an interview or something saying that, oh, it'd be great if the unicorn could do the skydiving one. We're just like, fuck. All right, we'll do that then. <laughs> and we did that one. But, um, <coughs> That's a good place to be in, though. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the piss out of Parkway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is that, like, where you see things going for the band ongoing then? Is just continuing down that same path of... Just paying out Parkway Drive? Well, <laughs> that, but also... <laughs> well, no, you could just do that. You could probably yeah, make a... all their film You could probably make a pretty solid career out of that if you wanted. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know. People yeah, kind of expect that from us, which, you know, I don't care, but I enjoy just fucking around and... yeah. Looking like an idiot and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why do I keep doing it? Yeah. Um, so I guess the business end of having this conversation is to talk a little bit about your new record as well. Yeah. Um, how was the process of doing that? Was it any different from recording other songs in the past? Or? Super different. Yeah. So not normally with our older old stuff. Um, well, this stuff was the first real stuff that we wrote with the new guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the other stuff would kind of have it 
a riff and then put the drums to it and then write a song. Done. Mm-hmm. With this one, we we had songs, but they were loose ideas. Mike, our drummer, was moving to Adelaide for some reason. Yeah. Um, and um, so it was like, so we got to do this before I leave. So let's get in the studio and record this. Pretty not very prepared for it all. So we recorded the songs and listened back to it and we're just like, oh, this isn't, this isn't really good. <laughs> and Mike's like, well, I'm not going back in to record the drums. We spent all this money so you guys can write all the music around the drums that I've recorded. Wow. It's <laughs> like, right. That's so weird. So the boys spent probably about six months like writing like new riffs to all these drum beats and they turned out so fucking good. That's... I've never heard yeah. someone doing that before. That's very interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, it was definitely a different process for yeah, us. Also, our bass player left in, like, in, in the middle of that, so the boys had to... They've never played really bass before, but, you know, they're guitarists, so they can kind of get their head around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had to write all the bass parts as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a fucking... <coughs> it was a really weird time for us. Like, personally, there was a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm in our lives um like Mike's mum passed away it's like some relationship issues with some of us and all this other thing um so it was a really weird time for us and I think it kind of takes on the music to be a bit darker in a way yeah like, right. lyrically for me it's not like hey party I'm having a beer yeah, yeah. all right it's kind of more about that time which it, it, yeah it's cool yeah well, that, I mean, that's, that's, again, that's sick that despite being like a fun thing, you can use it as an outlet for that stuff as well. Yeah. It's kind of catharsis for me to kind of do that and like, yeah. Yeah. And so what's the, the plan from here with the record and stuff? Obviously you're doing a tour. Yeah. So tour, touring starts next week. Um, yep. and just going to tour the shit out of it. Mad. Yeah. And rip up uh you know some more music videos yeah sick um and what's like is what or if is there like a plan ongoing with totally unicorn or is it just well, that's it. like when we were recording we're like this is it we're gonna do an album and we've done it so that's cool and we we're thinking of like just ending it there yeah but then doing it and releasing it and just getting so much i don't know good feedback from it we're just like fuck this, all right yeah, mad. And stuff's, you know, stuff's happening. Like, we're getting offered things that we never would have before. And it's, it's cool. So we're just like, oh, well, we'll stick it out for a little bit longer and see how we go. <laughs> Who knows? A couple more years of this won't hurt. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Much. Well, I'll probably fucking die, you know, soon on stage from a fucking heart attack. So may as well do may that. As well, may as well go out like that. <laughs> yeah. What better way to die than on the floor of a pub? Yeah, in my underwear. <laughs> Tight eyed undies. <laughs> Sick. All right. Well, thank you for coming and talking to me. Thank you, mate. It was great. Awesome.